About two weeks ago, we closed on eight units. So with this episode, what I want to do is take a look inside the numbers and go over some of our strategy and business plan. Welcome to Money Vision U. In this podcast, we are passionate about teaching the financial class you should have had in high school so you can learn how to fast track your financial freedom. If you want to learn how to make, manage, and multiply your money and see opportunities the way the wealthy do, then you came to the right place. I'm your host, Stuart Berryhill. Money Vision U, class in session. Let me start by giving an overview of the deal before really getting into the numbers here. These eight units are actually made up of two duplexes and a fourplex. It's not one building, it's actually three buildings. So they are also technically on two separate loans, two separate closings, so to speak, as the fourplex was purchased individually from the two duplexes. The two duplexes were kind of purchased as a portfolio, so to speak. Now, we actually got an offer accepted on these before they went on the market, and the seller was the one we had bought our prior deal from, and we knew that they had more properties in the area, so we inquired with them. And it's always nice when it's just you and the seller, and you aren't having to fight any other buyers to get an offer accepted. That's always a plus. One thing interesting about this one is the seller is actually also the realtor, So to sweeten the deal for them, we told them we would only work with them and didn't bring any other realtors to represent us as the buyers, which basically means for them more commissions, so to speak, as they are their own listing agent. With these properties, they are actually all in the same kind of sub-market location, so to speak. They're actually all on the same street, just different buildings. But we love the location as it's in the same area as some of our other duplexes. And we're really trying to pinpoint this area because we like the growth. We like where the rents are heading, uh, the prices of the single family houses around it. That's a good indicator to look at for a sub market. And so we really think that we're buying a C-class property in a B-class neighborhood, which is always a good thing to go for. So to start, we ended up doing our normal tour with our inspector, general contractor. We even brought a property manager along just to ask all the different questions that you need to know about. What's the rehab going to cost from the inspector? What do you see that is deferred maintenance or things like that? Or property manager, what do you think rents could be in this area if you do these upgrades versus those upgrades? But when walking inside all the units and doing the tour, all the units needed, you know, cosmetic upgrades with new floors, paint, light fixtures, hardware, cabinets, and so on, appliances, things like that. One resident had actually been there the past 20 years and has some of the wallpaper from the 90s, and that's just gross. Like, we got to get rid of that. So plenty of value add to be done. We like it that way. We like being able to add the value ourselves because it ultimately, long story short, equals better returns compared to if you just buy a turnkey property. There's often going to be less cash flow in that. But Plenty of value had to be done, and there really weren't too many issues outside of cosmetics, like needing a new roof or deferred maintenance. That is where rehab expenses can really start to add up. Now, if you've followed anything that we've kind of been doing on social media, you know that we like to do the short-term rental or the Airbnb strategy, 
but actually not all of these will be Airbnbs. We're actually going to hold four, maybe even six of them as long-term rentals, um, but we're excited for one of the duplexes that we have in this little portfolio here that are loft style, and it actually also has a neat back patio area with a neat location right by a creek, so it's kind of peaceful. So those we're going to make Airbnbs, but the rest we're going to keep as long-term rentals. So that's a little bit of just a background on the properties that we are purchasing, and we'll dive into a little bit more further on. But let's go ahead and take a look inside the numbers, starting with the fourplex. I do want to say that one thing that really helped us be able to kind of qualify and get these loans from the lender was really building a good relationship with this bank, which is actually a local credit union. But I think building roots and relationships with one bank versus going all over the place, trying to find the best deal or whatnot, I I just think it's best to build relationships and let that work for you because I think that'll work better for you in the long run. But getting back into the numbers with the fourplex, we actually purchased at $320,000. That's the price that we settled on with the seller after some negotiation, but we did also get a $10,000 seller credit for repairs due to some of the plumbing issues that we found from the inspection report. So we actually were able to present the inspection report to them to help us get this $10,000 credit. So to get it upgraded how we wanted, the general contractor said we overall needed $40,000 total of rehab. So with that $10,000 seller credit coming from the seller, we only ended up needing $30,000 more from the lender. Now, our loan terms are similar to the ones we've done in the past, so they include an 85% loan-to-value or loan-to-cost, whichever is less. I believe that's how they technically word it. Six months interest only. This one's actually 25 years of amortization on a three-year term with a balloon interest rate starting at 4.85%. Now, originally, it was actually supposed to be 4.25% interest rate at 20 years amortization, but with the Fed raising the rate, uh, the interest rates recently, it ended up bringing ours up. Now, one thing I will say is the lender actually gave us an option for 4.85% on a three-year term versus 4.95% on a five-year term, and we ended up choosing the three-year term because less interest means slightly better cash flow, and who knows where the interest rates are three years versus five years from now when they balloon. I don't have a crystal ball. So we wanted to go ahead and take the lower lender payment option that was given to us. Now, our lender did actually help compensate us for the higher interest rates by giving us 25 years amortization instead of the 20 years amortization that it was supposed to be, which that just means the monthly payment would stay pretty comparable to the 4.25% at 20 years amortization as it is now with the 4.85% at 25 years amortization. Now, the loans that we have been using from this lender are based on the after-repair appraisal value compared to the appraisal value of how it stands now. And then the lender gives us 85% of that appraisal value, and they actually word it a little bit differently. I think they say uh, whichever is less between the loan-to-value or loan-to-cost but our appraisal value often ends up high enough to where it ends up being a loan to the appraisal value. So we get 85% of the appraisal value as a loan. 
So that makes the appraisal very important to what we are trying to do in our strategy because we obviously wanted to appraise at a high enough number because then that means that it would cover all of our down payment and construction cost or rehab cost. Now, if you want to hear about actually how we were able to challenge these appraisals because both appraisals for each of these came back lower than what we expected. And so we had to challenge them. But if you want to listen to that episode and the story behind that, listen to the previous episode to get more details there. But that was too much information to pack into one episode with the challenging the appraisals and going inside the numbers. But long story short, after having to challenge the original appraisal, we got the after repair appraisal value to be at $425,000. So our loan was at 85%. So 85% of that $425,000 meant that our loan amount was $360,000. Now with our purchase being $320,000 plus our rehab amount needed from the lender being $30,000, that brought our total amount needed to $350,000. So 320 plus 330 was 350,000 needed from the lender or that we were wanting with us getting 85% of the 425,000 appraisal value being 360,000 it ended up covering that full 350,000 that we were needing so because of this no down payment or rehab money is needed we just needed to pay closing costs and i should note that we had to put $1500 down on the front end as earnest money to get it under contract and then we ended up giving another $1,500 to extend our closing date by 15 days because the challenging of the appraisal ended up taking a while and so we weren't able to close on time. But that $3,000 that we put down on the front end from the earnest money deposit and the extension money, I guess you could call that, that ends up being credited back to us for closing costs as long as we close. So it basically lowers our closing cost by $3,000 because we had already put that down. Now we love these loans because the less you put down, the higher that your returns can technically be because you essentially had to put nothing down to gain the asset. The negative with this though, is there's gonna be less cash flow because higher monthly lender payments and you're gonna take on a lot of debt. And with that, I should note, that it's also what is called a recourse loan, meaning that if you start to default on lender payments, you don't pay the lender their monthly payment, then the lender can start coming after your personal assets, which is something that you definitely need to be careful with. Now, recourse loan compared to non-recourse, where basically if you start to default and you don't make the lender payments, well, you just basically hand them back the keys to the asset and walk away without them coming for any of your personal assets. So non-recourse is better, but we're not able to get those loan terms quite yet. I guess we got to build a better relationship with them for the future. But recourse loans with a large amount of leverage can definitely be playing with fire, so you have to be careful. But one thing that helped us actually feel more confident with our projections was already having some properties in that area. So we knew what the expenses were like and what they could rent for. We kind of had a cheat code that we were able to go off of. So that's a glance inside the numbers of the fourplex, what we bought it at, what the rehab is, some of the negotiations, the loan terms. So hopefully that gives a little perspective or helps you with the lingo when negotiating real estate or hearing about real estate deals. But now let's look at the two duplexes where 
most everything from the loan terms all the way to the earnest money were basically the same as the fourplex. So the only difference really was the purchase price and the rehab. The purchase price on these were 275000 with $35,000 of repairs needed. They were actually in pretty good shape. So the total needed was 310000 So working backwards, that means you would divide that number by 85% or 0.85 to see what you want the appraisal amount to be at. And that would be 365000 which would cover the 310000 we wanted. Now, unfortunately, it ended up actually appraising at 359000 And that was after we challenged it. That's actually what we got it to come to. So there was actually some money needed for the down payment. And let's look inside of those and how that works with these loan terms that we have. Well, 85% of 359000 or what it appraised at, is roughly 305000 So for our loan, to figure out the down payment needed, you just take the difference of the purchase price plus rehab and 85% of the appraised value. So 310000 is our purchase price plus rehab of 275 plus 35. That's what we wanted as the loan. But the appraisal value of 359, 85% of that is 305,000. So 310,000 minus 305,000 gave us roughly $5,000 needed in a down payment. That's how they do the math there. But remember, we had already paid $3,000 of earnest money and hard money in the deal. So some of that was already technically covered. Now, I talked about this in the How to Challenge an Appraisal episode, but one thing that actually brought this appraisal down from what we thought it would be was it being in a flood zone. So with that, one, you're going to have more monthly expenses or annual expenses. So our flood insurance was about $2,500 for the year, which was an expense that we didn't necessarily want, but you need it. Insurance is definitely necessary, especially if something's in, in a flood zone. It just definitely eats into your cash flow. But that also ended up lowering the appraisal value. So that's one thing to note if you're ever looking at a property in a flood zone, the appraisal value might be a little bit less than other comparable assets in that submarket that are not in a flood zone. Now with these duplexes, we actually love the short-term rental play with these because they're also right by two different hospitals. So plenty of travel nurses, people visiting family in hospitals, etc., to go along with the other normal clients of people vacationing, visiting family, just needing a place to stay, whatever their situation may be. But those are some inside looks at the numbers on both of these deals, the purchase price, rehab, and so on. Now let's take a look at some strategy or business plan ideas that we have. Actually, when we were under contract with these properties, one of the loft units actually ended up being vacated while we were under contract, and we actually wanted it to be left vacant because that meant that we could get in there from day one and rehab it ASAP and get it up and running at a higher income much faster than if we had had the previous owner try and put a new tenant in there. They wouldn't have done the upgrades, so therefore they wouldn't have gotten the higher income or higher rents that we wanted to achieve, which would just delay our rehab by a year because their lease probably wouldn't be up in a year, 
and thus delaying our higher income for a year. So we didn't like that. We wanted it to be left vacant. So you have to negotiate that if you're looking at that with a property. And another thing we are actually going to do is we're going to send emails to the current residents in a week or two, letting them know that we would actually allow them to end their lease and move out early if they wanted to with no penalty. Now, who knows how many will actually end up wanting to do that, but the reason for this is we can get in, upgrade the units, kind of like just talked about before. We can upgrade them immediately while it's in our interest-only period, meaning lower monthly payments, and then charge more for the units because we are going to be giving a better product. So that's something that we offer the current residents. They just have to give us a 30 days notice, but the earlier we can get that rehab done and units rented at higher projections, the better. So that's a little bit of our strategy on how we're going to operate these deals. But there you have it. That's a look inside the numbers on this recent closing or closings, I should say. And the goal of these episodes is just to help you hear about maybe different loan options you didn't know about, but also really just get comfortable with real estate lingo and seeing it in action. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Vision U. If this is something that added value to you, then please subscribe, leave a review and share. We are passionate about teaching financial literacy so you can learn to take control of your financial future. If you want to learn more, then follow us on social media platforms at MoneyVisionU. We look forward to catching you in the next class.